Hello, 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 and welcome back to Life Coaching for Dentists podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natanya Brown, and I am so thrilled to announce a name change for the podcast. The podcast is now The Joyful Dentist, and if you've been with me from the start, you know that this podcast has actually changed names a whole bunch of times. It started out as the... Um, Weight Loss for Dentist podcast, then it transitioned to Beyond Weight Loss for Dentist podcast, and then it transitioned to the Life Coaching for Dentist podcast. So don't worry, my mission is still the same to basically help you, dentists, to decrease stress, quit running around ragged, prioritize your own physical needs. Some of you may want to lose weight in the process, and one way or another, we're here to create enjoyment of our lives and have some fun in the process. So welcome back or welcome for the very, very first time. I'm so honored you're here. Today's episode is part three of a three-part series on how to feel better. If you haven't listened to part one and part two, I would invite you to do that. In fact, I would probably encourage you to go ahead and listen to those two first. It'll kind of make more sense. It's not the end of the world, but I strongly would recommend that you do that. So this is part three. In the first part, we talked about how to feel better in terms of what we've been taught and conditioned to do, which is to run away from our feelings as a way to feel better. In the second part, we talked about feeling better by resisting negative feelings. And I asked you questions as to whether that's relevant for you and in what ways it might be showing up in your life. And so today, part three, we're gonna talk about something as simple as actually feeling your feelings. Now, if you listened to episode 90, oh geez, I think it's 98. This was the episode where I talked about the primitive brain and the prefrontal cortex. If you haven't listened to that episode, actually, I'm just confirming episode 98. It's called When Change Feels Scary. That's another great episode. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm going to talk a little bit briefly about the primitive part of our brain here. And so if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you may benefit from listening to episode 98 on when change feels scary. But essentially, just to quickly recap, there's a part of our brain that is wired to keep us out of danger and to just hit, help us to um, find instant gratification and seek pleasure. And it wants to help us avoid pain. It sees feelings especially negative feelings, it sees negative feelings as dangerous. And so when we are taught as kids and as we grow up to avoid our feelings, to seek pleasure, that primitive part of our brain has been conditioned to see negative feelings as very dangerous. Okay. This is why, you know, we seek dopamine. We want to feel better you know, maybe it's watching TV or scrolling uh, social media or eating a brownie, right? So in the first part of the series, I talk about buffering because it's so enticing. That primitive brain doesn't want you to feel any negative feelings, anxiety, stress, overwhelm. It feel it, it thinks that those feelings are dangerous, okay? 
But what if, what if instead we learned how to actually manage and process negative feelings? What would that look like? Okay. So I want you to imagine for a second that negative feelings or any feeling for that matter is really just energy. And if we resist it, like I talked about in part two in the last episode, if you resist your feelings, they're going to stay bottled up inside of you. Instead, what would it feel like to allow your feelings? And what would happen is those feelings will flow through you. They're not going to stay stuck inside of you. Okay. It's not a permanent state of being. So if you were present, um, you know, if, if we were in person or if this was like a webinar, I would be showing you a slide on that has a wheel and it basically lists all the different human emotions. And maybe there's like a hundred of them. Okay. Um, and I'm just guessing, right. And maybe there's more, maybe there's less, but the bottom line is there's a whole bunch of different emotions, half of which are going to feel like positive ones for us. And the other half are going to be negative. So let's say if I were to uh, describe for you the feeling for me when let's say I go on an airplane, well, I get a little bit anxious and I have thankfully over the years gotten a lot better with travel anxiety. However, um, if I were to describe what anxiety, travel anxiety feels like in my body, I get a dry mouth, I get a little lump in my throat, it's a little harder to swallow. I might have an increased heart rate, sweaty palms, definitely butterflies in my stomach and a need to go to the bathroom, a <laughs> more frequent need. <laughs> Sorry if that's TMI. In any case, the reason I'm explaining this to you is because this is what anxiety feels like in my body. Now your body might be a little bit different. You might have something else that you feel when you're feeling anxious. So feelings or uh, emotions, I'm going to kind of use these words interchangeably. These are sensations that we get in our body. They're not permanent states of being, and they're not actually problems. Like when I feel anxiety, when I'm getting on an airplane, it's not actually a problem. Okay. However, we've been taught that, well, we should be happy all the time. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. Okay. What I would wager to say is that unprocessed feelings, unfelt feelings get bottled up and that truly can cause not just mental problems, but physical problems. There are absolutely um, physical manifestations of, let's say, stress or anxiety. Okay. So how do we manage negative feelings? Well, the first step that I would recommend is to just name the feeling. Remember that that feeling isn't a permanent state of being and it will truly pass through you. So for example, let's say I'm mad at my husband for, you know, doing whatever thing that I find really irritating. If I just identify the fact that I'm angry and I say it out loud or to myself, interestingly, by identifying it, I now feel like I have more control over it as opposed to the, you know, the opposite where that feeling has control over me. And when I label it and I, you know, I really identify what feeling it is that I have in the moment, um, 
it tends to bring down the intensity a little bit. It's certainly not going to get rid of the feeling, but it helps me to not feel that the feeling is so intense. Okay. So that's something I would really recommend is just label the feeling. Now, here's a question. What might that feeling be trying to tell you? And what is it that you really need in that moment? These are some really important questions to ask, especially when we see feelings simply as messengers of information, as energy that's being transmitted through your body that may be there to deliver and convey a message. Okay. Now, um, as I alluded to earlier, a lot of us have been taught that we should be happy all the time and that we really shouldn't feel negative emotions. And for this reason, we've been taught that we should seek happiness and that really leads us to buffer in the ways that I talked about in part one of this series and in part two uh, to resist any negative feelings. But what if we come to terms with the fact that life is going to be 50-50 half the time, okay, we're going to feel negative emotions and the other half the time we're going to feel positive emotions and no matter what we do or how much money we make or how much we achieve or how many degrees we have, no matter what, we're going to feel half the time negative emotions and half the time positive emotions. Now, as high achieving, you know, highly functioning, uh, you know, very well educated dentists, we have a tendency to think, okay, yeah, that's fine and all, but those are statistics that really just uh, apply to the general population, but I'm above average, which means that I should be able to skew those ratios in my favor so that somehow I can be happy the vast majority of the time. You know, instead of 50 50, maybe I can have 75 25, or, you know, and what tends to happen for a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, is that we will start to equate. Um, certain achievements with being happier than average. So, you know, if I become a dentist and I make a certain amount of money and I buy a certain size home, or if I pay off my practice loan or whatever, then I'll have a higher percentage of happiness, uh, you know, higher than 50%. And I'm here to tell you that that's simply not true. And if it were, then, you know, celebrities that have all the riches and fame, um, and, you know, massive mansions and a lot of different cars and six pack abs, (laughs) they would be happy perpetually. And that's not the case, right? Like they have, uh, substance abuse and mental health problems, just like the general population. Okay. So does that mean that we shouldn't have goals that we want to achieve? Well, absolutely not. Okay, so that's not at all the point of where I'm going with this. However, what would happen if we come to terms with life is 50-50, okay? And so with that, what if we chose to recognize negative feelings as not as problems, but simply as normal, uh, you know, a normal part of being human, And half the time we'll have happy feelings and half the time we're going to have negative feelings. And so what happens when we agree to stop 
or reduce buffering and to reduce the instances where we're resisting our feelings. Instead, what we're doing is we're agreeing to feel our feelings. And this is a disclaimer I'm going to give you. It will be uncomfortable. You remember last time? <laughs> it's kind of appropriate uh, that, I, that I bring this up. If you listened to the last episode, which I certainly hope you did, um, at the end, I told you I was feeling a little uncomfortable because I hadn't actually wrapped up the episode with a nice little bow and I hadn't given you this tidbit um, that, you know, like this little nugget that is supposed to be helpful for you, right? Like the last two episodes were really just there to build awareness. And um, now in this third episode, what I'm telling you is that there's this third option in terms of how to handle negative feelings and how to feel better. And what I'm telling you actually is, you know, here's how to feel better. It's actually not buffering away your feelings. It's not resisting your feelings, but it's agreeing to feel your feelings. And guess what? That is going to be uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> so it's not just like, oh, here's the secret to being happy. Boom. You get to be happy. The secret to long lasting joy and internal resilience is actually becoming comfortable with discomfort and recognizing that sometimes we're going to have feelings that are uncomfortable and that isn't a problem. We don't have to run away from negative feelings. So <laughs> you might be listening to this and say, wait, hang on a second. I thought this was the episode where you were going to tell me how to feel better. Well, I am. I promise I'm going to get there, but it may not be in the way that you thought. Okay. So where I'm going with this is really opening yourself to the possibility that it's okay to feel any feeling, that you don't need to run away from any feeling. And I want you to imagine what would it look like, not just at the end of a busy day of dentistry when you're tired and stressed out and maybe feeling anxious, um, like I was, you know, day after day, but instead checking in with yourself throughout your work day, right? Like, you know, you know, those little, uh, schematics, those little happy faces and unhappy faces that we, uh, show patients when we ask, you know, like, what is your pain on, on the scale of zero to 10 rate your pain? Well, you could do the same thing with yourself to check in. Like, how am I feeling right now? Even if you couldn't, even if you can't put a label on it and identify the exact feeling, would you be able to point to the happy face diagrams and point and, and, and recognize and acknowledge for yourself. Like, am I feeling not so happy? Am I feeling neutral? Am I feeling happy? Like, where do I, where do I land right now? And what would it look like for you throughout your workday if you checked in with yourself? The reason I'm mentioning this is because, you know, if you listen to that last episode, I'd really talk about it's so easy to bottle up our feelings and to just go about our day in, in, in the dental clinic, not acknowledging not just our physical needs, but our emotional needs. And so the end of the day comes and then boom, 
it's like a volcano. We're erupting. We're, you know, we have anxieties, fears, stressors from throughout the day that we're not processing. So the end of the day comes. And so it's like this volcano is erupting. What would it look like instead if you checked in on yourself throughout the day? And mind you, this doesn't have to take a ton of time. I give this analogy or uh, example rather in um, some of my presentations, you could be checking in with yourself while you're drilling, you know, let's say cutting a crown prep or giving an inferior alveolar nerve block. All it takes is you being present with yourself for a split second and asking yourself, um, how am I doing right now? W- what's going on for me internally? I want to warn you. I feel like I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> I'm just giving you the heads up. All right. I'm going to continue. I think it got stage fright. So think about everything I've just mentioned. How might it be relevant for you? You know, really acknowledging your feelings throughout the day. And, and instead of just suppressing things or instead of um, wanting to buffer emotions away, what would it look like for you to validate however you feel in that moment, right? So let's say you're really irritated with your staff member for whatever reason. What if, it, what if in that moment you validated what you're feeling in that moment and you recognize that that feeling isn't a permanent state of being? right? Now I'm not necessarily suggesting, you know, I know in the, um, last episode, um, I talked about, you know, one question that we're asked is, uh, how are you doing? And we tend to respond with, I'm fine. How are you? Right. I'm not necessarily advocating that we're, that we constantly tell people what we're thinking and feeling, right. That may not really be appropriate throughout our day. But I am advocating that you acknowledge what is true for you in that moment. What are you experiencing? What is really going on internally for you? When you acknowledge it, then you're much more able to lovingly and compassionately ask yourself, like, how do I want to think about things right now in a way that's the most helpful for me, right? And in that way, then you're able to diffuse some of your feelings so that they're not bottled up and not waiting for you at the end of the day to be processed. I hope that really helps and makes sense for you. I truly believe that when we open ourselves up to feeling whatever feelings are valid for us in any given moment of any day, when we're really acknowledging what is it that we're feeling and we are not resisting and we're not buffering away our feelings, but we're really being present with ourselves, we're much more likely to be honest with ourselves with what does work and what doesn't work in our lives. We're much more likely to feel discomfort in ways that are productive, right? instead of just buffering away and not acknowledging what we're feeling. So let me give you a a quick example because you might not know what I'm talking about here. So I believe that when we're fully present for our current lives, for our actual lives, when we're fully present, we may feel 
more discomfort because we're not buffering and we're not resisting our feelings. So we might have more discomfort in the short term. And yet we may then be able to ask ourselves, what are these feelings telling me? What is really true? What is it that I can do with this information? What things could, would I like to change that are in my control to change? We may make we may take more meaningful action in ways that will actually help to mold and shape our lives in the way that we want them. Okay. And let me give you a very specific example. So let's say, um, let's say you have, uh, an assistant that is coming in late every day and you're really irritated and, uh, and you, um, are avoiding that feeling of irritation. Let's say you are feeling super irritated, but you get home and you have a couple glasses of wine or like me, you ate, cho- you're eating chocolate, like a brownie. <laughs> That's what I used to do. Not necessarily a brownie, but you know, any kind of form of chocolate would really do the trick, uh, for me. And so you're eating or drinking or in some way resisting what you're feeling. Okay. And so temporarily you're feeling great, Right. And you're not, you're actually failing to acknowledge what is really going on internally for you. And so while you might be aware of the fact that you're irritated because your staff member is late every day, you're too busy buffering it away or resisting it. And so temporarily you're feeling good in the moment, right? Uh, Maybe you're scrolling social media or watching Netflix, okay? And so you might be thinking, gee, it's so annoying that I have this assistant coming in late every day, but you're not actually being present with the discomfort of the irritation, which might propel you into action to change the situation. Instead, you might be forming or um, creating a situation where you're breeding complacency, okay? Um, Now, this is just one example. So check in and see where it might be relevant for you, okay? When we breed complacency, and I'm not just talking about on any single instant, but really accumulation, like accumulatively, days, weeks, months, years, okay? What is it that we're avoiding to create in our lives because we're not being fully present, in what ways may, be, may we be failing to fully do what we want with our lives because we're too busy avoiding negative feelings in the short term, okay? My mouth is actually a little dry. I'm going to take a quick sip of water. Okay, and so I'm, I'm just curious for you, how might this be relevant And it's my belief that when we choose to be fully present for the life that we currently have, we're so much more equipped to create the life that we really, really want. And so my goal for you in this three-part series isn't actually that you feel amazing and boom, here's the three quick steps and, you know, tips and tricks for you to feel amazing in your life. No, That's not what I'm teaching you, okay? What I'm teaching you is how to be present for the life that you have so that you can create the life that you want. And that includes some discomfort. That includes being cognizant and aware of the fact that life is 50-50. And when we open ourselves and and, um, allow 
ourselves to feel our feelings and not run away from them and not buffer them and not resist them. We're so much more capable of creating the life that we want. My goal in everything I do as best as possible, I mean, I'm by no means perfect. (laughs) My goal is to bring about a sense of joy in my life, joy, which is capable of feeling negative feelings. And yet there's a foundation of joy, joy, which is not fleeting joy, which is constant. Okay. It's like a, a constant feeling of joy that is open and receptive to knowing that there are days that I don't feel so great. There's certain feelings I have that are negative and that's a normal part of the normal and healthy human existence. I hope that this three-part series has been really helpful for you. It's funny, just as the last episode, I'm I'm feeling a little awkward because again, our society has taught us that we want to wrap things up with this beautiful little bow so that we feel good, right? And that's really not what this is about. This is embracing discomfort. This is knowing that discomfort is part of the process and knowing that guess what? When we give ourselves that reassurance, what we're doing is we're building internal resilience and we're acknowledging that, guess what? There is no feeling on this planet that I can't feel. There's no feeling on this planet that's really going to hurt me except for an unprocessed feeling. And so when I acknowledge that and when I recognize that for myself, I become so much more fully equipped, so much more resilient and so much more capable of creating what I want in my life because I'm no longer afraid of the negative feelings that I may need to feel in the process of creating what it is that I truly, truly want. That is what I want for you. I do hope that this three-part series has been exceedingly helpful for you. I know that this is a um, a presentation that I've given to countless dentists that have told me it's been super helpful for them. So that's my hope that it is helpful for you. Please share it with somebody that you think uh, may be able to benefit from it as well. And with that, I will leave you. I cannot wait to... um, talk to you again next week. Oh, and really quick before I go, um, I'll invite you, you know, in case you feel like you've been running around ragged and you are ready to create more enjoyment in your life. I want to invite you to receive the busy dentist's guide to self-care. This is basically a compilation of the top six things that I have been able to create and implement in my life so that I could stop running around like crazy, like a chicken with my head cut off and instead um, create that sense of joy that I've been talking about here in today's episode. If you want that, go to drnatanya.com forward slash self-care, all one word self-care. You'll also find it in the show notes. Okay, my friends, I hope again that today's episode has been helpful. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye-bye.